1: The Westwood One Podcast Network.
2: I just thought to myself, you know, it's, I'll never forgive myself if I don't do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. This is part of what I signed up for. Obviously not, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, death is what I signed up for. But knowing that possibility, I mean, you're riding that line. It's a fine line. And that's something that really made me feel
1: alive. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. All right, everybody, welcome to the TNQ Podcast. Glad you guys brought us back. I'm excited about our uh, guest today, brother. Yeah, she's intense. Uh, What year was it we went to that that race, that drag race, funny car? 15 and 16. Colorado, right? 15 and 16. Man, that was something. You've been back since, right? Yeah, I went back uh, last year. Got to go down on the track again still impressed with the fact you're going to strap yourself inside of eleven thousand horsepower there's no way we can sneak onto the track and jump in a car and take off because they don't keep the cars on the track before the race no smart that would probably try right yeah <laughs> i don't even know how to get that thing down there i mean you got to kick that thing over with another engine completely is that right yeah they got like a machine that rolls that thing it's not like a key you ever been to one of? no i haven't
0: that i mean awesome. tv
1: tv doesn't do drag racing justice at all at all. Because the camera can't keep up with the car, right? No. I mean, I was like, I asked, I was like, hey, why don't you guys put a GoPro on the front oh, and back of this car? What is that? Can't hey, like, see it, anything, right? You, you, well, it still doesn't, you don't get, you, it doesn't do it justice. It would just look like a blur. I mean, the, if you put like a camera on the back of the car so you could see how fast it goes away from the line, but they said that, jump out of an airplane? Yeah, they said it, they said it, they tried it and it just, but it's impressive. What was the name of the guy that brought us up behind the, the car that time? Don Schumacher. Hey, yeah, Mr. Schumacher, that's right. The man. dude daddy don andrew he walked us up he's like hey, come on up here man help Adjust me push it. the car to the line yeah and oh, I, yeah he's like hey you see all these ladies standing around here around the back side of that square right right the car pulls up right after the burn and it's just a lot you can stand right next to the track. it was all women around he goes watch this and then we, he brought us up to the to the the first time he was just standing there and we were like right behind him and that when that engine started rolling dude and they took off that you can feel it in your feet. It, it vibrated. Oh, it like man. somebody hit you in the chest when you're standing behind it. It, it. it vibrated your whole entire body. Like, literally. And then it had the car I just said, Look at all those ladies over there all smiling. Because, I mean, it vibrates. <laughs> 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 and, and it's literally an explosion. Literally an explosion. I told Mr. Schumacher, I was like, hey, when you get down, because he goes out behind every single one of his cars to, put, to see him off every time. He pushes every one of his cars. He has like seven or something crazy number like that. I was like, hey, sir, when you get done with all this, come see me because I need to I need to study your brain. It was yeah. literally like getting hit in the face with a sledgehammer every time that thing clacks off. I'll let you know how tough that dude is. Good Lord. Right? That was a lot of fun, man. Mr. Marker, thanks so much for having us down there. I appreciate, I can't, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back on that one. That was a good trip, man. Oh, yeah, a lot of fun. People are great. That's a great crowd. It is. All right, guys, you know, one of the best parts of this show are listener stories, because that
3: gives our audience a chance to, to share their story, to share what they're going through, uh, and allow us to, to support them wherever we can. So, uh,
1: Marcus, let's get into a story. What do you say? Reader's story. Here we go. My story comes from a much younger perspective. I'm only 18 years old, but I hope that may help others my age. For most of my life, I wanted to serve in the United States Marine Corps. Good job, buddy. December 5. On my birthday in May of 2017, I was finally old enough to join up. I began the process of enlisting along with the full support of my family. I spent over eight months working as hard as I possibly could, both physically and mentally, to get in the Corps. In January of 2018, I received the news that I was not able due to severe hearing loss that had occurred while I was working with my father as a butcher. That night, I shut off my phone and slumped into a deep depression. That night, I had my rifle in my hand and around, chambered, ready to give it up. Before I could go any further, my best friend from high school walked in and refused to leave me alone. I remembered an old friend that took his own life and how much it destroyed his family, and I refused to do that to mine. The next three weeks, those closest to me kept me inside at all times. Shortly after this, all of my friends that I attempted to join with all shipped off, and I was left alone in our hometown. I lost my way. I dropped out of school, quit my job, moved away from home, lost my girlfriend, realized now that was a good decision. (laughs) Sometimes it works out like that, buddy. And I was ready to give up yet again. I silently battled with emotions for months before a close friend opened up to me and confessed they were going through a rough time as well. I felt God calling me. I stepped up and helped her in every way I could, and I realized what I feel is my true calling. Since all of this happened, I have returned to my hometown and began studying to become a chaplain. I work hard during the day and pay the bills and study all night. I'm hoping to join the ranks of my local police force and serve my community and those officers and chaplains as well. Thank you all for your show. It has given me the drive to continue to push forward. Your show has also pushed me to pursue my drive to serve. I now work as a firefighter until I can become a cop. Well, well or Ma'am, or whoever we're talking to thank you for writing in i know this it's actually probably a good thing there's not a name on this because i know there's a lot of people who are going through um, similar situations and it's at that darkest moment that we get into man is that uh, we kind of create our own rock bottoms if you will and when you get down there you kind of realize that there's there's two ways you can go back up or completely out and you have that option and the strength that it it takes to get out of there man is is it's inside of you. If, if something got you down there, then there's something there that can get you out. And that's why it's also incumbent to have our friends and, and keep our, our close friends and family around us at all times. So thank you for writing in and sharing this. Uh, Congratulations on on pulling yourself out of that, becoming a firefighter. And then uh, we know you're going to become a police officer one day. So thank you everybody who wears those badges and those uniforms. I mean, you put the first responder uniforms all together and you get camouflage, you jerk that away. And it's, it's, it's our paramedics and police officers and firefighters. It's kind of one team, one fight. So thank you all for what you do, um, and thanks again for writing in. If you love the t and Podcast, please share the show with a friend. The show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, and pretty much any other podcast player. We've got a ton of great episodes and had some incredible guests, including David Goggins, Laura Logan, Sir Robert Van Pelton. Look, if you're already following us on Facebook and
3: Instagram, then you know that we keep our followers up to date with new gear, sales, guests, events, and a ton of other stuff you won't get anywhere else. Anywhere else. Anywhere else. If you aren't following us yet, you're missing out. You can follow us at team underscore never quit. You can also keep up with Marcus at Marcus Latrell. Uh, Morgan. Well, like when you say my name, oh yeah. you have to do it. You can,
2: <laughs>
3: you can also keep up with Marcus at Marcus Latrell, Morgan at Mojo Latrell, and me, Andrew Bruckenbush.
1: That's good, man. Have hey, you checked out our new gear we've added to the TNQ shop? The new shirts, hats, and backpacks. No matter where you find yourself, this stuff never quits. Head over to the shop team and get yours now.
3: All right, let's get into today's show.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Team Never Quit Podcast. I'm Marcus Citrell, I got my brother over there, Morgan. Hey. We got Andrew back there. Hey. hey. And today, on uh, as our guest, man, we have Alexis DeJoria. Pronounce that right?
2: Yep, that's
1: it. Okay. There you go by Miss James these days.
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
1: <laughs> so without further ado, brother, you want to kick this off? If you were an MMA fighter, who would you most want to get in the ring with? Tanya Harding. or hillary clinton
2: (laughs) uh hillary clinton (laughs) i don't know why all
1: right if you could sing any song as well as the artist who sings it super bowl halftime what song would it be
2: oh gosh uh oh my gosh that's you putting me on the spot uh
1: get the get those cognitive juices flowing (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Damn it! I wasn't prepared
1: for these freaking <laughs> No uh, one is. That's no the best one, part yeah, about it. Yeah, no one ever is. That's Dad, why we do it. Me.
2: Um, you know, I. Hmm. Are you
1: rock and roll or country music?
2: Oh, uh, I like rock and roll definitely. So um, think. dream on, dream on. There you go.
1: There you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. If if you could have any classic car in your garage, what would it be and what color? Well... Considering you probably have a garage full of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but what I don't have, something that I'd I, I really love uh, is a 62 or 63 Impala. Actually, swap that. 69 Impala, the mint green or something. Yeah, all right,
1: I'm in green. Green—that is the sign of genius. Good job. All right, picking that up. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, if you could go, if green, you could, if you could go <laughs> you back did. and catch yourself right out of high school, what's the one piece of advice you'd give yourself?
2: Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll leave it at that.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> great answer. That is all right, man. We're up head. with that one. Don't do it. No. <laughs> Good job. All right. That's how we break the ice, man. Kind of throw those out there because (laughs) the topic we're going to get into now can get, uh, depending on how many of these you've had, a lot of, some of our guests we have on, their never quit, their greatest never quit story is their entire life. And some people have one of those defining moments. um, And we talk about that, but, you know, without further ado, if you could uh, please just get into one of your, yeah, one of your greatest and toughest stories and um, how you overcame it.
2: I have a perfect story for this. So some of your viewers know, or maybe they some don't know, um, I raced NHRA drag racing for 12 years, and I, I came up the ranks. I started off in super gas, moved to super comp once I won a race, moved up to uh, top alcohol funny car, and then eventually, a uh, nitro funny car when I won a race in that one. So I won, I won races in every class, and that's, that's what gave me the confidence to make that next step into the higher class, eventually going into the pros. Well, uh, I'll take you back to 2009. I was racing Top Alpha Funny Car in Englishtown, New Jersey. Uh, the track is, is known to be a tough track. Uh, it's the shortest, second shortest shutdown uh, on the on the entire race circuit. And uh, uh, a man by the name of Scott Kalita lost his life. He crashed in Nitro Funny Car at that track. Uh, they made some, they made some, uh, you know, the, a camera, like a boom camera crane that was at the end of the track that he hit that ultimately, ultimately took his life in the end. So... Yeah. Fast forward to 2009, I'm sitting, uh, you know, a couple of cars back and uh, one of the alcohol funny cars, it it was race day. It was Sunday. One of the cars, Marty Knopfstein went out and he, you know, his parachutes came out late and he went in the sand and tumbled over. Uh, So there was that. So there was a bit of a cleanup, got out of the car, got back in. Marty was fine. Uh, Get up there. And I ended up running my best run at that time. I think it was 260 miles an hour and a quarter a mile. I had one wow. round. I had, I had my best time yet to that date. And I to hit my parachute and nothing happened. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with these cars, uh, you know, you have, you know, plus G. But when those parachutes hit, it's like a negative three G's in an alcohol funny car. And you feel it. I mean, the, the back the back tires, the slicks come up off the ground. It's, a, it's like a violent, you know, uh, regression. And it didn't happen. And I'm pulling on the, on the brake. And, and in a second, I know I'm going fast. And I'm going really fast. I don't know what's going on behind me or, or nothing. And I, I'd i never been in an accident like before. And it's like everything slowed down uh, to like a, a crawling pace. And there was uh, track officials on the sides of the track, you know, and, and they're I remember kind of laughing to myself at one point because they're all like, you know, waving me down the track and I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm gonna hang a left right now. I'm going over hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I can't
0: stop huh. this thing. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit?
4: Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check.
2: of the sand trap and as soon as as my front tires left the left the asphalt went into the sand I took my hands off the wheel and I clasped my my chest and I closed my eyes and just you know braced for impact not knowing what the hell was going to be waiting for me at the other end uh I went I didn't even touch the sand I was going so fast I uh, went through both catch nets and then there's uh, rows like 10 rows of sand filled plastic yellow barrels. And I went through four rows of that, those and finally stopped. This car finally stopped and fell to the side upside down. And, you know, I open my eyes, look around. I'm fine. And right off the bat, I'm pissed as hell. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? So what the hell happened? Why do, you know, Why am I in sand? I knew I won the race, and I'm looking at my card, going, "Well, I can't race the next round, and I don't have a backup." You know, and these all these things are going through my mind instead of thinking to myself, "Wait, you're alive. You just made it. You're, you're alive right now."
1: Uh, yeah, you <laughs> think that I would have been the first head. one to roll through your head, like, "Man, yeah, okay, I mean, we're, we're good, we're alive. Important. All right, now, I'm with- yeah, it's sad of a true competitor." <laughs> you
2: know, and, I, and I was. I was really lucky, but that's right. the the fighter and the and the racer in me. And uh, you know, the guys, the, the 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 track crew come and pull me out of the skate patch through the top, and you know, I'm telling them I'm fine, I'm fine, don't worry about me, I'm fine, I'm pissed off, I'm like, what the hell? So so long story short, uh, my parachutes were uh, attached to my rear wedge. And the tabs that were holding the parachute cords, one of them uh, ripped off. So it—it it, I think every run I was making, it was getting a little bit, uh, you know, weaker and weaker. And then finally, it just opened up the rear end like a, you know, like a can opener, and spilled rear lube all over my brakes. And and the parachutes ripped off at the same time. So I had no way top that
1: car! No brakes, no shoot. Sweet. So is that? No brakes, no shoot. At the shortest,
2: uh, one of the shortest shutdown areas
1: on the circuit. So when they uh, break that car down, uh, when when they, I'm sorry, I just wanted to add, when they break that car down from to nothing and build it back up as fast as they do, the shoot that 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 doesn't get, that's not part of that priority checklist. Yeah, you got to pack the uh, shoot every run, I mean, just like it, when it we is, jump a parachute. Right? I don't
2: think. But when we when we looked back at it, we realized that, you know, whoever put them on, there was only, they were welded on the sides, not the insides. I don't know how that happened, but from that accident, uh, they implemented more safety precautions. So now that could, that will never happen again. Um,
1: <laughs> Thanks.
2: They're not, oh, they're not on the rear end. They're not, that would never happen again. And there's a tether system. So, you know, from, from my accident, I was very lucky and uh, the safety precautions just got better, but as they do with with accidents like that, unfortunately, it takes things like that for us to learn what not to do anymore. Yeah, that's uh,
1: so. <laughs> that's one thing we so do well, fine, right?
2: But yeah, they they took me in the ambulance, and uh, you know they made me go. I didn't want to go. John Force was like, "You better get in that thing." I'm telling you right now, <laughs> you don't know what, what's going on. Yeah, when I and uh, so I went to the hospital. You know, like an hour later, my my whole body was, was in so much pain just from the G forces. It was like twenty when I hit the barrels it was like twenty five Gs or something crazy Whoa. like that.
1: They said it was looked like a I like an egg. Yeah, like, it looked like an eggplant.
2: Twenty G's <laughs> so, yeah, it was really crazy. Uh but so I uh I didn't have a car to run, obviously. So we had to wait. We had to rebuild. And it took about a month. And I, all I wanted to do was get luck behind that driver's, in the driver's seat. I just wanted to get back in the damn car so bad, but I didn't have a car to drive. I had to wait a month, about a month, uh, we got a great, had a great car built, you know, super safe and everything was great. And uh, we went to make some test runs. And my biggest my biggest thing was just get getting the parachutes out and stopping the car. Like <laughs> you care less about the rest of it. I just wanted to get to the end, make sure the parachutes re- like opened up perfectly and the car and the brakes worked, everything was good. Great. Uh, so I I go back on the circuit. Okay. Uh, this was towards the end of of the um of our racing uh, season. So There was a few more races, whatnot. Fast forward to 2010. I'm back in English Town, New Jersey. I'm sitting two, probably two cars back, two two, uh, pairs back underneath the tower waiting to go. A a man by the name of Neil Parker had just crashed. Same track. Uh, It was race day. And, uh, he did not make it, huh. unfortunately, it's kind of reliving the same uh, thing. Yeah. So this, uh, it was my first, first time back in English town since my crash, sitting in the car and three pairs ahead.
1: same spot, uh, yeah. Neil,
2: Neil, Neil Parker lost his life out top alcohol, funny car. So this was a very critical moment in my mind, you know, I,
1: I'm, that's what I want to know. What's going through your head right now? This this, this is kind of like that never quit moment. I mean,
2: it is, this is, this is definitely the moment it's do or die. Uh, this could, you know, I mean the crash itself could have made, made or break my career. I could have mentally just been like, Oh, forget that we're done. Or I, or I could have gotten really hurt. I didn't fortunately. And I got back up on the horse. But this was the moment that really separated me from a true racer or, you know, just somebody who likes thrills. <laughs> I do like thrills, but, um, you know, we got out of the car. They had us all get out of the cars, um, obviously. And I'm talking to my teammate, my team, and they're saying, you know, don't, don't go. You don't, have to, you don't have to race. Like, you know, I wouldn't get back in that car if I were you. Because the track thing, you know, they're obviously going to get everything figured out, and they're going to race us. They're going to put us back out on the racetrack, and which we all we all kind of thought was in bad taste. But at the time, you know what what would what would Neil Parker want? You know, he wants you get back out there and race. He would want us to get back up there, and uh, so you know, I'm having my own my own crew chief is saying, "Oh, Lexus, you know, we." we wouldn't fault you for not getting back behind that wheel. We totally understand and don't, you know, all this stuff, even Scott Kalita's team who I ended up racing for, you know, later on, they even, their crew chiefs came to me from the pro ranks and they came over and were talking to me and, you know, and, and, uh, that's actually how we ended up uh, getting the relationship we did. But, uh, that was a very pivotal moment. And, I just thought to myself, you know, it's I'll never I'll never forgive myself if I don't do this. Like if I don't I have to do this. I have to do this. You know, this is this is part of what I signed up for. Obviously not, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, death is what I signed up for. But knowing that possibility, I mean, you're riding that line. It's a fine line. Sure. And that's something that really made me feel alive.
1: Yeah. Death does that. Did you walk away and kind of go out to get into your head? A lot of people do that. I'm just, just curious as in this moment right now, are you sitting in the car telling yourself this or you just kind of, cause when everyone's telling you not to. Yeah.
2: They're telling me that, but you know what I usually, even before around I'll, I'll go kind of off to myself. I'll either go in the tow vehicle or something and put, put my, my headphones on and listen to music and just kind of, you know, get myself centered. And that's what I did, and I thought really hard about it, and I knew Neil and I knew his team, and it was absolutely heartbreaking, it was heartbreaking. Um, but I got back in that car, and I made a run and I did one hell of a long burnout for Neil <laughs> longer than longer than my guys even thought like were prepared for so <laughs>
1: That's awesome, uh,
2: but you know, I, I just went out there and I was like, "I'm going to do good for Neil. I'm going to, I'm going to do this for him." And 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 uh, I got past it. And you know, there's there's uh, not a lot of science in this. It, it's all heart. It's all heart. And mentally, you just I don't know, man. You just you just do it. You got to
1: go. You just so do explain it. that. Are you getting in the line right before you burn out? I, I mean, you're telling yourself. So walk us through that moment from, I mean, cause it's only a couple seconds, you know, even the parachute on yeah. the beginning. I wanted to ask you about oh, that yeah. too, but, but I mean, from the time you crawled in there and threw your helmet on and it's, it's game time. Talk us through that.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen?
4: Check. Phone charger? Check.
2: Five seconds feels a lot longer. It <laughs> feels right, more yeah. like five minutes, but uh, everything really does slow down. Um, so I got back in the car. I mean, everybody, you know, like uh, my competitors, you know, every, everybody. We're all standing. It was very silent. So we're all we're all looking at each other in the staging lanes, about to get in our cars. It, it's dead silent. I mean, you know, there's just this look in everybody's eyes, like. You know, like we're going to war almost, and and I know I'm not trying to you know uh compare myself to what you guys went through in any way, but it's it's a mental war.
1: No, honestly. the only that's what, what you, you explained it earlier, and I don't mean to cut you off, but what what what's going on is death is present, and when death shows up and stands and, and is around in the room or around wherever, everyone feels it. Which he always is, but if you know it, yeah, exactly. it's like, all right, somebody. Now you're paying attention to it. You don't need to
2: say anything, you know, words, words aren't necessary. You just, you can see it in each other's eyes. You just, you know, and it's in your gut and, and, uh, and yeah. And so we get, you know, we're putting our helmets on, we're doing a prayer. I always do a prayer over my motor. I always, right before I get in the car, I lean over the, uh, the, uh, blower and I say to my, our injector and I do a little prayer for, Everybody around me, all the racers, all the fans, all the crew, and the car, and uh, keep everybody safe. When I get in the car, and it's game on, i got to, I got to keep my blinders on, and i got to stay focused on my job and do everything step by step and just stay in the moment. I can't think ahead, and I can't think in the past. I have to be right there in my seat right now. And I get in there and start the car up. I go through the water and I get into my burnout feeling really good. And I step on it a little bit more and I get about half track. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I got said, new old man, I love you. This is for you, buddy. And uh back up, go out and did great, you know, but I mean, co- coming, cruising up to that, to the top end of the racetrack uh, area at best, it, it was, you could feel the heaviness coming, going around the turnoff at the end of the race track. Like you could just, you could just feel it. And every time I raced back at that, at that track, ever since then, I always, uh, before the race started, I'd always go down to the end of the track and put flowers down there for, uh, Neil and for, uh, Scott. And, you know, I thank God to this day that I was, uh, that I made it out. And, and it's weird. You think like, well, why, why me, but not, not them. And, uh, I definitely think that because of Scott's accident that saved my life and hopefully many others. And,
1: uh, Oh man, the pressure in having that was, to that do was that. A
2: huge, That was a huge, huge, huge deal for me. And, and it's really what, what separated me from, you know, from not, from not being a fighter. I mean, I've always been a fighter. I've never given up on anything, almost to a fault.
1: <laughs> right.
2: But it's it's something that I was taught by my father at a young age. He never gave up. I mean, he was he was an encyclopedia salesman at one point. I mean, you really have to not give up. to be able Yeah, to like
1: Encyclopedia Britannica? <laughs> <Get 100, laughs> I think those were the only encyclopedias back then. A
2: hundred doors slammed in your face, but that one person wants to order the set, and there it makes go. everything good again.
1: That's amazing. I I don't think people actually truly appreciate what those cars can do. And TV doesn't do it justice. So the fact that you sit, I've been on the track, brother and I both been on the track behind the car, like push the car to the line before you hit the accelerator and go. And we're standing there when you launch out on green and it's literally like standing behind an explosion. So sitting inside of it, I I, I can only, I can't imagine because I've never been in that situation, but. How fast you got out of sight. I mean, we we're standing there, right there, you can see the back of the helmet and every detail of that. Engine. Less than a blink of an eye is gone. It was, and the because you blink when they hammer down, you blink. You can't. I mean, the whole explosion. explosion, right? And just everything vibrates. And when you finally open your eyes, they're gone. Like it hurts. <laughs> it's unbelievable just to be there. I just to watch that go down, and then try to, and then have you in the car steering that explosion yes, in a it's straight crazy
2: line to watch, you know, from the stands or even, even the starting line and realize that there's a person in there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can only imagine how it fast that finish just, line
1: it, is coming at you.
2: It, it comes up real quick. I can tell you my, my first run in a, uh, in an alcohol funny car, which is like a huge difference from SuperCop. I'm talking, you know, uh, 180 miles an hour and a quarter mile to 200 and what are they up to now 70 or two eighty and a quarter. Of a mile. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then nitro, I mean, my best run was, uh, 3.96 seconds at 136 miles an hour.
1: That's stomping sorry, out a, qu- a quarter eight, of a mile, three, literally going a quarter of a mile three in three eight, seconds. Six.
2: Yeah, well, actually, a thousand feet. They cut us back. They cut after, it back, right? Yeah. Uh, they cut. They cut the nitro cars back after Scott Colitta's accident.
1: So they cut them back uh, three hundred and fifty feet. That's
2: insanity. I tell you what. I would
1: go back to the, the when when you insanity after, that, after um, Scott's wreck and you pulled up, man, and you t- everyone talking about the weight because death is there. Yeah. And when that green, when the green hits, and it's that less than a second, man, you literally drug all of that emotion away from everybody by completing that. Cause when you said you turned around, I mean, it's kind of like driving into a different world altogether. It had to be done, right? You were the one that was chosen to do that. And it, I mean, that's the challenge, man. Is just to get in there yeah. and hammer down. I mean, just get in there and do what you do. That's, that's, that's it, man. And that, and that's the crazy thing about death is it makes you second guess yourself, you know, when it around, it, it probably doesn't even have anything to do with you, man. It's just so powerful. That emotion that, Man, it resonates through everybody, and when someone finally steps up to take that, you know, hey, basically what you did was you you you're the one that stepped to the line with death, and be like, hey, let's race. If I win, you have to leave. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um,
2: and you don't, yeah, you don't know, you don't know how you're gonna be until it until it happens. You know, you can you can that's prepare, exactly right. yeah, do that's all the a- training and everything, but when that happens, you know, it, it's it's a whole different world. You know, it's completely different. Completely different. Yeah,
1: especially when you're stepping in there by yourself. Yeah, Yeah, you're alone, and
2: it is. You are all alone in that moment.
1: (laughs) That's a time you want everybody. (laughs) Can we get everybody in the car with me? We do this together. Hold on for a second. (laughs) Let me think about this. Uh, That that would be one of the biggest talking points I would I would ask our listeners to take take away from this interview with Alexis is that you know she she hit the nail on the head. If you got, if you you know, like Marcus said, if death is present and she says, Hey, somebody has to get out there out front. And pull death away. (laughs) And I got to think that once, yeah, once you went flying down, down the line, it kind of, everybody took a, a solemn breath and said, okay, let's get, let's get back. And that's what he, that's what they would have wanted every time. The same thing when we, when we lose someone on our end. You're like, eh, hey, well, let's stop, sit back and rest. I say, Hell no. That's not what they want. That's not what they would have wanted. They would want never f- get you, down. You never feel more alive after you've done that. Yeah. And, we, and that's one oh, thing. You don't have to do it. Not, yeah, you're not doing it all the time. It's like a one-time deal, hopefully, right? Where you have to encounter that hard, that like when you can feel it that, that intensely, right? And then, man, once, once you pull through it, the, you have a different taste on life. Absolutely. Yes,
2: you do. And that track just had had a feeling about it that you know I and I love that track. That was actually one of my favorite tracks, and I wanted to win there so freaking bad. You know, for for me, for my team, for Neil Parker, for Scott Colitta, for Connie Colitta's dad. I mean, I went to the finals there, and oh, it was just to get to the finals in a nitro funny car racing for Connie Colitta. I mean, we all had tears in our eyes. It was it was just an incredible thing, but. Uh, yeah, English town has that, that kind of like dark cloud, almost, <laughs> you know, everybody cut one, when you go there, you want to win that race. It's a tough race, uh, on the East coast circuit, but uh, man, you just, you know, the history going in and you just, you just pray that, you know, everybody comes out alive <laughs> on of this, of this track. And when you do, it's just like, a whew. you know, one more, we, we did it. We did it.
1: It's crazy that we chase stuff like that. And then, I mean, you, I you, you know. purposely put ourselves in those situations and we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel alive, but I would feel alive doing almost everything in that world. Right. It's just, how do
2: you go, how do you go back to normal life though? After that? Oh, <laughs> if you, you, okay. So that would
1: be my next question. <laughs> that was going to be my next question to you. You've, you, you, you've left when you retired out of that. How'd you get into it first? Yeah. Would you see it on TV one day I, or daddy? Go Hey, yeah, you, how, you, how, How'd <laughs> all this start? where did you get this fire?
2: Uh, well, (laughs) my dad, uh, he used to race cannonball races all over, you know, the United States, real crazy stuff and always had the best stories. And I I just kind of gravitated towards the hot rods in high school. And, you know, my dad had cool, fun, you know, fast cars and he was a, he was a motorhead and it was just something that, that I loved. I grew up just loving it. You know, my mom always drove fast and you know not not always the best not always on the track either really right track. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but, but the thing
2: is is nobody in my family raced at all like you know nobody raced professionally so it was something that you know i got into some trouble and I did some street racing and not you know i'm not promoting that in any way shape or form but that's kind of how i i got my feet wet and you know, my dad knew that I really loved racing. I had a 67 Chevelle SS in high mm. school, and uh, and I still have it to this day. Thank you very much. Nice. And Excellent. <laughs> they'll bury me in that car. I'm never selling it. Uh, and it was just something that I love to do. And he's like, well, why don't, you know, if you're interested, why don't, why don't you try to really do it? And I was working for my dad at the time for the family business, like everybody does, four years in. Uh, learning with every aspect of the company, but at the end of the day, I had this urge like this scare in me I wanted to go race. I wanted to do it for real. I went to you know a, an n h r a drag race in Pomona, and when I saw the nitro cars, the sunny cars go down the track, I just knew that that's I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna race
0: I'm gonna be in that
2: car one day, and I'm gonna do everything I can to get there. And not having any family that races, obviously, I had to, like, you know, find my own way Figure in. out
1: what that looked like, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you got to work your way up from, from you know, step one. It's just like, how, the hell does, how, the, how does this even work?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, exactly how does that work?
2: You know what you got to do? You got to park next to some people, to some seasoned drivers who <laughs> are very helpful. <laughs> so, uh, luckily, I found one of my mom's friends could drive a big rig and kind of work on a car. I found an old uh, Super Gas Corvette that was for sale, and I used my savings on that, and we hit the road. And, you know, uh, hit some, went to a few West Coast races, met up with some really great, you know, old sportsman racers that helped us out. And uh, that was pretty much on its last leg and, and moved up to Super Comp and, you know, did really well. And within eight months, I made it to two finals and won a sportsman national event. And, uh, then moved up to, uh, you know, top alcohol, funny car again, you know, making friends with some really great people out there. And
1: so it's really like, I mean, because a lot of times when it went with racing and sports, I that it's, it's a family deal, right? You always hear those names that are synonymous with whatever sport that is, but it's, it's literally, man, if you, yeah. if you have, because a lot of, a lot of people don't know I mean, you see NASCAR and then racing them. It's almost impossible to get into because you don't have the first clue at what the first step is. So, I mean, right. you're going from dr- racing your car in high school to, and it's just like, man, I got a, a knack yeah. for this <laughs> or, or I enjoy it. But it's, it's when you saw the, yeah. the, the top fuels that really got your attention instead of, cause I mean, there's NASCAR, uh dirt track, everything else in between, man, you went straight for the heavy engine. Is it literally like that? I mean, you How would somebody even begin to get into that?
2: Well, from the beginning, I, I wanted to race a nitro, but I had to work my way up. And uh, I went to uh, to Frank Holly's drag racing school to get to get my my feet wet, to get you know uh, some some runs down the track and get licensed. And uh, I, you know, there's just a, a lot of really great people. In the NHRA drag racing world, it really is a family sport because at the end of the day, you know, we all sit in our our pits and, you know, eat food together. Our kids play together, you know, crack some beers, have some shots of Patron.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's uh, awesome.
2: You know, because there is a lot of downtime in between, you know, the races. Obviously, we're on the track for a very short amount of time. Um, so you make really good connections, really good friends out there. Um, obviously nitro is, is very corporate, you know, there's a lot on the line, a lot of money on the line, a lot of pressure. Uh, so it's, it's it's a bit different from the sportsman classes. It, It really is a team effort. I mean, you know, I, I met some really great people in the sportsman ranks that, that helped me get to the nitro rank just by, you know, their longstanding, uh, you know, history in in the sport and then me not knowing anything. I just came out there and said, Hey guys, I just want to race, (laughs) you know? And they were like, where'd this girl come from? (laughs) We've never heard of you before. Uh, but it was, it was, it was really great. Um, but that's yeah, a great way of yeah. saying
1: that, though. I mean, it, with a lot of people that with these events and these sports or or anything in life that you, that's that amazes you, a lot of people are are so intimidated by their own amazement that they they have no idea that that they can just literally walk in there and say, you know what, man, I, I'm really fascinated by this. I I you mind showing me some things or teaching me some things? I got the chance to do the One Lap America the race, the Cannonball Run race this yeah. year, and I had a bla- I I mean, I learned so much about all racing by doing that yeah and, i mean you, you're talking about the difference between first place and 10th place is literally a, a tenth of a second in and in a lot of these racing yeah, that exactly. is just absolutely amazing at that speed and you know, chaos and pain is relative to the person who's going through it as, as you train yourself yeah. when fear sets in in the beginning it's just not it's the unknown you're not ready for it and the more you right. stand around, the more you look at it and talk about it and, and study it, the the fear kind of turns to anxiousness. And a lot of people think that they're always like I'm always afraid when I get on the line. I'm like, well, no, it's kind of your your body telling you that you're ready to go. Right? It runs off fear yeah. and anxiousness. Run off the same fuel, uh, so to speak. So, yes. And then going through those, it's it's kind of one of those deals where in everything you do. If always the enjoyment part, everybody focuses on that. And they, the, the, when the bad parts roll around, it's just like, it's horrifying. Sometimes it, p- it puts people out of their chosen <laughs> profession. When in reality, that's a part yeah. of it. That's the life, right? It's that those two things go together. And when you learn how to balance both of them and, and realize there are no good and bad times, there's just the times, right. And how well prepared you are for right. them. And when those, those tests come in with pain and, and death and when that's sitting around, it's literally like the, the, the defining moment to see, man, are you sure this is you? This is what you're wanting to do. Cause if right. so we're, are you sure
2: you're cut out for that. Cause every time right. you face the, every time you face the unknown like that, every time you face it and you just, you hit it head on, it gets lesser and lesser and lesser. You do like even the first run on race day, you know, I've got a little bit of a, it's the anxiousness, yep. you know, it's not, you're not scared. You're not in fear. You're what to do is badass.
0: All
1: right, badassness.
2: And, and there's 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 people in the world that would love to do it, but would never get behind that wheel. But there's people, you know, that that have no desire to get behind that wheel. I mean, it's it's something that very very few people love to do and are good at it. And um, it is it, it it's, it's an incredible feeling. When you handle that car, when you handle that 11,000-plus horsepower nitro-burning race car, breathing fire, basically, it's it's a bomb waiting to go off because it's nitromethane, which is liquefied propane, and it is a ticking time bomb. And it's eating itself away all the way down the track. They have to change the, the heads every time, rods and pistons every time. They take it down to the bare block after every single run. And when that car goes out and you're about, you're going about 300 miles an hour and you lose all traction, like the car hits black ice and you get it back.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> what <the> hell is <laughs> man, this?
2: <laughs> it's like, it's like the best feeling in the world. But, but once you start getting used to it, you kind of look forward to stuff like that. Cause it, it, it's like, Hey, you know what? You're alive again. It's, it, you know, it gets your attention. These cars You're never safe in these cars from the moment that car starts up to the moment it's you you shut it down. You are never safe. You have to be aware of your surroundings and in the moment at every point.
1: Kind of like riding lightning, probably, man. I mean, now as you use the the explosion, (laughs) man, literally you're sitting on a piece of fragmentation that was in that bomb trying to keep keep it in a straight line. Like, let's see what this does. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And it doesn't want to go straight. That thing is a bucking Bronco. It's short wheelbase, motor in front of you. You're sitting over the transmission. And uh, it, it just does not want to go straight at all. If you look on the onboard cameras, it's pretty crazy. The car will look like it's dead straight. But inside, you're turning the wheel like, you know, 100%. And you're just going back and forth, back and forth. And, and and it's a bucking Bronco. But that's also why I chose it. That's why I chose the nitro nice, funny cars. Because they are the hardest to drive they're the most difficult the most challenging and man I'm up for a challenge that's like flying a <laughs> this is basically oh, it's basically like f- you
1: know flying a jet without the wings and I, and when you yeah, when you I,
2: I got to fly in a F15 strike eagle at mountain home air force base and and those guys were impressed by what I did. And I said, man, I'm impressed by what you do. Let's do a ride swap. And they said, hell no. <laughs> that ought to <laughs> tell you something nothing. when you got the jet Obviously, jocks. Actually, I don't have a pilot's license, <laughs> but the, but they were more like, hell no. I don't think I want to drive your funny car. <laughs> right.
1: I, oh, hey, with, When you're talking about moving the wheel in the car at that speed, the, I mean, it's small corrections. Because if you right, if, if you overcompensate, if you're going right uh, and you hammer that wheel left, it's not, still going to go the desired Distance and direction because of the time, speed, and distance. Right. So if you overcorrect too far on one side, you're gonna you're you're heading off, right?
2: Yes, but with see the difference between the top fuel dragsters and the nitro funny cars are the top fuel dragsters obviously with very long wheelbase. They have little minor corrections. In a nitro funny car, you have to really dig on that wheel. It's not the same driving style. Okay, so you're driving every piece of that road then? Turn that wheel. Oh, Oh, yeah. You gotta turn it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy, but that's why we do it.
1: are <laughs> damn go. right. <laughs> so somebody's got to ride it. <laughs> Man, that is something. Well, all right. Well, um, tell us what you're doing now.
2: So what I'm doing now? Uh, I taught my daughter how to drive. Uh, she turned 16. I got to teach her how to drive. Um, uh, spending time with my my amazing husband. Who taught her how so to drive. Supported.
1: What? Uh, oh, uh, Chevelle. what do you car. got her in a
2: regular no 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 her how to drive a car just, just a regular old car
1: so it does run the <laughs> um, family
2: yeah it does uh, you know but spending more time with my family uh, you know there's there's nothing that compares to that I was racing 24 weeks out of the year and uh, you just miss out on so much and it it's definitely you know I I'd do it again I'm not you know, going back on that whatsoever. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to make up for some lost time. My girls are are teenagers and there's only a small amount of time, small window where they're still going to be at home or still even want to hang out with mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, am taking advantage of this time and, um, you know, it's really, it's really important. So I, I, did, uh, I retired, uh, to, to be home with my girls. To spend more time with my family, Uh, I won races, I ran record numbers, you know, our, our team just did amazing, and we were very successful, and I'll never forget it, and I can walk away with my head held high. I overcame so many obstacles, I persevered, and I never gave up
1: yeah you, you should get like that i mean stepping away and from race, yeah, yeah. Raise yeah. Family. I mean, you're before you know it you'll have you and jesse have your own team and somebody you know you'll be <laughs> <laughs> two daughters well, of yours. I, <laughs> I,
2: I still have visions of, of going back when the kids go to college but but i don't know how my husband will feel <laughs> he's he's planning racing right now that too. is hilarious a, coming from you knowing who
1: you're married to i don't know my husband's gonna be down with that though
2: no, I don't know, I don't know uh but no he's 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 got a nitro Harley I keep trying to to get him to to, to get a on that thing and Harley. get it finished so I can get back out out on the track and and uh and watch him go down, so he's been very supportive of my racing career and and in turn uh you know I'd like to see to see him get down there too so uh, but it has been awesome, you know it's been a great ride, obviously uh I learned so much, I grew up. I grew up out there. I matured on the racetrack. I, I became, you know, a, a, a strong woman being out there. Uh, God, my, my daughter learned how to ride her bicycle without training wheels in the pits. I mean, there's so many great memories I have of that. But most of all, it really made me into the, the human being that I am today. Mm,
1: the champion, for sure. Amen. We sure lo- we sure loved watching you race. And it, My God, if you get Thank back you. out there, we'll, we'll look forward to it again.
2: Right on. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. You bet. You have a great day. A Tell everybody we and said it's hello. An honor.
1: We'll see you soon. Okay. Oh, bye. That was awesome, man. Uh Alexis, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I had a great appreciation for, for that sport, man, when you took me down there and we got a chance to go on the track and see all that and to to understand kinda of the, the the inner workings of it and how how it really plays out, man, and she's exceptional. Her whole life is I wish we could have gone in a little bit more detail about where she came from. Just the mechanics, the physics. That go into go into what she does for a living. The fact she's great at it, yeah. that's, that's that's amazing. So pretty much missed the whole concept of the show by not asking her that. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, the fact that they
3: tear down the entire engine.
1: So they break that down after every race, all the way down to parade rest. So we completely. we stood there and watched it for. I mean, that crew goes to work, and it's like a ballet. What kind of crew is that? I think yeah, it's what is six that? man, seven man. I should know that. We probably should know that while we're talking to. I think six, six, six guys and a crew chief. When that car rolls into that pit, I mean they are it it is a a ballet, and they are just. Now we could have You could do a whole show probably on that moving and shaking. Take that car and they got these big thick gloves on because the thing's nine hundred degrees. They drain all the oil, take all the everything down, and put it back together because the next race and the further along they go, the faster they have to do it. So the first after the first race, they have like an hour and some change to do it, and then if they're going from the semi to the finals, they got like fifteen minutes. That's insane. And. Instead them. of having just a completely different engine to throw in there, no, they break the whole engine down. What, what what's the standard behind? Wow, that's part that's the sport, right? She said that fuel would really burn through the. Oh yeah, the nitromethane. That thing's head totally jet. Uh, I yeah. mean, it, it, that's when what it's I say doing, explosion, it, crank it, that some bitch up, man. It's, it's <laughs> literally bur- that, the whole concept is to get from the line to the finish line before it burns through there. That's what you're racing against. You're racing against they, have, that fuel, and they right? put just enough fuel in that car to get yeah, to the right, finish line. Finish line. When she was talking about pulling G's, I was
3: trying to imagine the speed. The only frame of reference I have is a roller coaster. Oh yeah, no, and it's huh? not even, uh, no, no, it's
1: not even close. No, she pulled twenty three G's coaster. when she hit those barrels. Yeah, yeah that's absurd. Twenty three G's. I barely, I mean, my whole body had to be pulled. When G's, when, If you've never had to experience that, man, when that when that starts happening, your body just pulls together. you like, you can't. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's something. You just fold, make a face, make the great face. Make, yeah, it is. It's something. Just to climb through the ranks. She she had to navigate that thing. Because back in the day when she started, I'm sure there was she was like one of two, maybe three ladies that were racing.
3: It just goes to show how important relationships are. The fact that she had no who you know, she had no, she didn't even have prior you know family race experience. She just jumped straight into like getting out there and asking people.
1: I was talking to my son about this this morning before he let out, and I was like, "Hey, look and." And she just added a whole bunch of validity to that. Like, no, kind of never meet a stranger, man. I mean, you understand who's a bad person. That's, that's your defense. You pick that up, man. But if, you wanna, if you're interested in something and you want to go out and pursue it, man, literally just go to where they're hanging out and then just start asking questions and then work yourself through it. I mean, man, it's, it's, nobody goes into something and automatically goes to the top part of it. That's, that's usually not how it works, man. And if it does happen that way, they don't stay there that long. It's a person who has to climb step by step. You know, to climb a mountain, it's one foot over the other. That's a good piece of advice. Don't try to catch the driver when they're going to the line, though. Hey, can you teach me how to drive a car? It's probably not a good <laughs> yeah, idea. The I best mean, time. Like, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> quick question for you. Quick question. Hey, you mind? You mind? She said, uh, uh, Jack Beckman. She went to. He has a school. He's a. He's a good buddy of ours too. And he was. He's like, yeah, you guys got to come down and, and go to my school, and we'll teach you how to drive. And just, yeah. So I think it's like a stepping off point. There's like. A certain wickets you gotta. You got to go through, to there, I mean, to get it, to, to it, it, you got to get a license. You you have have to, to actually, right. get, You can't just get, roll up on the tracks. But hey, man, I, I saw it on ESPN. I'm going to do it. The coverage yeah, the is coverage excellent. Is, yeah, cold, cold, full cold trickle. Yeah, complete cold trickle into that one. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> the footage is amazing.
3: You asked her the question about small, you know, small steering wheel reactions or large, and she yeah. was like, "No, you really have to like give it all you got." And I'm just like, "How to?" Do- with such a quick, you know, three, it's like a 300 f- miles a flash. an hour. Like, and that's I mean, like
1: driving every, <laughs> every pinch of that road. Yeah. Like with jets and a lot of, with those small corrections. Like if you barely twist a stick and you, you need from right to left, man, because of the, how fast you're going, it just it doesn't overcompensate. That's how tight everything is in that car, man, if it reacts like that. Which means you can feel everything. When those drivers are in, they can feel everything going Blinded on. Flying by the seat by of your seat. pants. Yeah, seat yeah. your pants. Yeah, that was great, man. I enjoyed that. Thank you so much again, Alexa, for coming on. Awesome. Did today's episode ignite a new fire in you? If there's one thing that I've learned, it's that sharing your story is a powerful thing. There are people out there that need a kick in the ass every now and again, and your story could be the thing to change their life forever. Take a minute to share your story at teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. Just click on the share your story button in the menu so we can encourage you along the way. Your story just might be shared on one of our upcoming episodes. Hey, and do you think the show could benefit someone else? Go
3: leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people
1: discover the show so we can keep
3: encouraging others to just never quit.
1: Do you want exclusive access to the show and bonus behind-the-scenes content? Join us at Patreon. You will get exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content, access to the exclusive Patreon community where you can support others and get rare access to me, Marcus, and all of our other incredible guests.
3: That's right, Morgan. Plus, there's some really cool... Rewards for our Patreon members. We've got phone backgrounds. We've got the ability for you to contribute to the Mad Minute. Ask questions that will actually be asked on our interviews on the show. Uh, you can actually get early access to the upcoming guests on the show. And there's autograph photos of the guys. We've got so much cool stuff. One of my favorite things is the TNQ Gearbox, which is packed full of cool stuff as well as your first mission as a member of the Team Never Quit community. So check it out. If you want to become a patron, join us at patreon.com slash teamneverquit.
1: Thank you guys for bringing us back. Man, we can't thank y'all enough. Um, seriously, it's, uh, it's just been an honor and a pleasure to come over here and be able to um, listen to these stories and, and share them with y'all. So thank you guys again so much for uh, for doing that. I'd like to uh, thank you, brother, for coming on here, man. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah. Andrew. Yep, yep. Andrew, We're having a good time. Lincoln, I love you too, buddy. Yeah, I've got my nephew. baby boy in here piping in some knowledge. <laughs> Eat a little underweather. Well, thanks to the wife for letting us do it in the house and, and continually to have a good time, man. Seriously, thank you so much. Thank See you, you next week. Yep. yep. Thanks to everybody. Hope you all had as much fun as we did. God bless. I'm out.